Welcome to the Workforce Connections Podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hello, and welcome to our Workforce Connections Podcast. I am Tina Quigley, President and CEO of the Las Vegas Global Economic Alliance. That's a lot of words. Basically means the Economic Development Agency. I am here with my friend and mentor and colleague, Executive Director Michael Brown of the Governor's Office of Economic Development. So Thank you. welcome, it's, it's Director. It's great to be here. And congratulations on taking on the leadership of this organization. We're well, really happy to have you there. I appreciate it. And you have been there for me from the very beginning and making sure that I got off to a strong start. So just a little bit of kudos for Michael Brown. He's oh, been a great you. mentor and he's been really good to Southern Nevada. So Thank you. I have some questions for you. Uh, I hope I have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> So you and I and our communities have been talking a lot recently about sustainable economic development. Yes. In fact, that's one of the first things you brought up to me when I was considering this position, that that's something we need to talk about. What does that mean to you? What does the term or phrase sustainable economic development mean to you, and in particular here in Southern Nevada? Well, here in, here in Southern Nevada, we have a definite need to diversify the, the workforce here. Um, we, are, we have a strong gaming industry. We have this emerging entertainment uh, sports industry that's just amazing. But we have the opportunity because of our proximity to the Pacific ports and to California uh, to really expand as we are expanding in advanced manufacturing, logistics, distribution. We also have a public policy need to expand in the area of health and health services. But we also have the opportunity to grow our creative economy uh, and, our, and possibly even uh, expand the film uh, economy here. But we have to do that within the constraints of, uh, of water right now. We've got to understand that everyone we bring here, the first question I ask, and I assume your team is asking, mm -hmm. is what is your consumptive use on water? Mm -hmm. And then we can have the conversation from there. But we need to do this because, you know, our gaming industry uh, hit peak employment, I believe, in 2006. And, uh, you know, with automation and innovation that's going on there, uh, you know, we've got some displaced workers from the pandemic that we need to find new opportunities for. We need to continue to strengthen that industry, but we need to hedge it with in these other sectors, all in the rubric of making sure it fits right. with it's, the effect of climate change and water. Isn't that interesting? I think that I've, it's been astounding to me this, how large an ecosystem economic development is, how it relates to our communities, how it relates to our natural resources, our governance structures, our diversification of industries. There's, it's, it is truly I, a comprehensive. When, when I took this job, I asked for, uh, just give me a chart of all the economic development agencies and our assorted um, uh, sister agencies like Workforce Connections. And uh, it spread to two pages. <laughs> I was expecting like a half page chart. Right. Uh, but officially, I have 80 regional economic development organizations that mm -hmm. implement the state program. My job, first and foremost, is to have a statewide program and, and, and help manage the system. But it's organizations like yours that's really doing the work here. Well, thank you. Um which brings me to another question related to the governor's office of economic development relationship with a workforce connections or with um, 
workforce training. Uh, what is the relationship there, and how would you yeah. consider it in terms of importance? Coming in from the private sector, it's been very interesting because one of the things I discovered quickly was that state government, by its heritage, is a very siloed institution. Three branches of government, six constitutional officers, and 19, 20 cabinet agencies. Um, you know, it, so what I've had to do is build a whole series of bilateral relationships, first at the cabinet level. So I sit down once a, once a month with the director of the of DEDER, the Department of Employment Rehabilitation Training, and the Governor's Office of Workforce Innovation, and then I have a workforce staffer on my to kind of coordinate the state policy. And uh, and then locally, we turned uh, to the team here at Workforce Connections and to your team mm -hmm. to figure out what we need to do locally. One of the things I also implemented was I meet with the, all the university presidents once a quarter and the chancellor and walk through the workforce issues there too. Uh, workforce Connections, though, uh, we are going forward, as you know, with your group in the lead for a significant mm. economic development administration grant. Yeah, that's an exciting opportunity. Very important to all of us. And uh, I was so pleased because Jaime and, and Irene Bustamante Adams, boy, they stepped right up mm -hmm. and were significant contributors to that application. And we're a finalist. We'll see. I know we will. So when companies come to you or when, or even when you're out marketing to companies yeah. to try and bring them there, where does workforce development and workforce availability kind of lay in the, in the uh, genre of well, What we discover is, is companies have usually done an initial sort. And the first question they want to talk to us about today is infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Before the pandemic, okay. they wanted to talk about incentives and abatements. Okay. Now that they're having to sort out their supply chain and their e-commerce and all of their internals, they want to talk about infrastructure as it relates to logistics. Mm -hmm. Then they want to talk about quickly, right behind it is workforce. Okay. They want to know what the workforce here is, what the availability is, because these guys, you know, they're currently busy running a factory. They've got deadlines to meet mm -hmm. and they want to make sure that if they put something here that it will come together. And what types of areas, what types of industries do you think we have strengths in terms of workforce development? And where do you think there are opportunities for us to grow in order to attract and diversify? Well, diversify, diversify is a good word because, you know, we are a highly diverse state. Some would say we're a majority minority state, 35% Hispanic, 15% uh, African-American, 10% Asian, um, and, and then our Native Americans. Uh, companies are looking for that diverse workforce. They're also looking for, for energized workers. And Irene Bustamante Adams, one day in a, in a meeting with a corporation, she says, you know, there's about 15% of Nevadans that were born in another country and they've come here. She said they left their country to, to stake out a future in America. They want to work. Yeah. They want to achieve. And so we have a really energized uh, workforce here that wants to succeed. And that is kind of fun, the fact that we do have a trainable, skillable workforce um, a large workforce, what do I want to say, constituency here, yes. whereas some of the our other competitor regions, Salt Lake, Denver, Phoenix, their unemployment levels are so low that it is tough to say, to, 
to attract companies and saying, we have a workforce that's ready and available for you. The immediate sweet spot in the Nevada economy are workers that need more than a high school education and less than a four-year degree. So you hear Governor Sisolak talking about apprenticeships and community colleges, because right now that's our workforce mm-hmm. need. And that's what we're focused on and going here in Southern Nevada to try to fulfill. But at the same time, and in parallel with that, we need to work with the university system then for the kind of jobs that will keep engineers and those with a four-year plus degree here also. Right. Utah, you know, Utah went through this very same evolution, they, but it started in the 1980s. Yeah, we yeah. started in the, in, in the 2000. 10, 2011. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get there. I right. mean, this is a, Las Vegas is a very resilient community. It'll, it will get there. Yeah, we have been resilient. I agree. And I, I got to tell you, I think part of it is due to our workforce and part of it is due to our infrastructure. We have, there's things that we have done in our past that have made us be able to survive. Uh, I have a question. You mentioned that you oversee eight different regional development yes. um, authorities. What, tell me so there's got to be a difference between the the two urban areas there, there and is. the rurals. What what are some of the differences in? You know, we're the seventh largest state in the nation, and the Brookings Institute just put out a, a study that basically said there's three Nevadas. Mm-hmm. There's Northern Nevada, Minden, Gardnerville, Carson City, Reno, which is really connected in all ways today to Sacramento, San Francisco, and Silicon Valley, and so we've seen a large tech infusion there, and that community will just continue to grow. And frankly, it has actually diversified away from its gaming base mm-hmm. and has built a base in these in these new industries. I don't expect that to happen in Southern Nevada because this is the world capital for yeah. gaming and enter- entertainment. Rural Nevada is about natural resources, mining, renewable energy. And there you have the tyranny of distance. Everything is far away from each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And until we can improve broadband out there, oh, you know, right. your options are still in that area. But Governor Sislak and I and and, uh, and and State Senator Brooks, you know, we prioritized uh, renewable energy projects out mm-hmm. there. It's where our lithium opportunities are out there. And then the, uh, I almost say, indigenous uh, gold and silver industries and copper are out there. And unlike other states, we have a very healthy rural economy. Many states, their rural economies are struggling. So we just need to keep that healthy and and get broadband out there. And then Southern Nevada. Mm-hmm. And Southern Nevada, right now, our, our challenge is the opportunities are knocking on the door, and we've got to get the infrastructure and workforce in place f- to take advantage of those opportunities. So um, this Build Back Better grant, one of the neat things about it is that it truly pulled our region together, which you know, was a first yeah. for us, right? So we've yeah. got the cities and the county and higher ed and LVGEA, um, UNLV, everybody together for the sake of advancing our target industry, advanced manufacturing. Kind of give us some thoughts on, on well, the, that when we When we put this process together, and it was before you came to LVGEA, um, we assembled a team of uh, GOAD, LVGEA staff, uh, Bo Bernhardt from UNLV, and then Irene and Jaime here from Workforce yeah. Connections. And, uh, you know, back east, I like to row, and the key to rowing is to be in sync, and everybody needed to be in sync. And then we added the four local government representatives uh-huh. to participate in the process. And we came up with, uh, you know, about eight viable ideas that we believe will take the region forward. And we were, it was all done by Zoom, and we were on a Zoom call at one point. And this whole area of workforce is a vocabulary one has to learn. And so Jaime did a really, really good job of educating us on what needed to be done in this space. But then on that very last call, he looked at the Zoom, and there we were in all our little Brady Bunch boxes, and he said that this was the first time 
that he knew of in southern Nevada where all of these interests were working together and in complete alignment together. <gasps> and that's a big hurdle uh, to have gotten That fills my across. heart, too. Yeah. That makes, yeah, the fact that we all came together to champion for something that's going to be right for our entire region long into the future is... Uh, yeah, and we're going to hold that together. I assume we're going to win the grant. If we don't, we'll get the group together and try for another one. All right. Count me in. Thank you. <laughs> I have one more question for you. Certainly. It's kind of a fun one. Yeah. What do you think the Las Vegas economy looks like in 30 years? Flying cars. Okay. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think autonomous vehicles. I don't know yeah. about flying. But, um, and um, yeah, and what? so what industries will be thriving and why? Who? Well, what will we look like? You know, the, the Raiders and the stadium and the, the, the Golden Knights uh, and what's happening in the sports economy. I mean, we're just the beginning of that, you know, uh, and particularly as women's sports continue to, to rise in profile. You know, I went to an Aces game recently. Uh, you know, we are really going to be the world capital uh, in entertainment and sports. And we're going to just see lots of big events come here and compliment Steve Hill and the work he does over at the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Bureau. What I want to see here, though, is just quietly in the background and in, in industrial parks that we build out um, advanced manufacturing mm -hmm. and distribution companies mm -hmm. serving California and the Pacific Rim. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are European countries that would like to border California. Let's, right. let's be honest. We have that opportunity here. And effectively, you know, you wouldn't put all of your your investments into one stock. You want a diversified portfolio. So right. I want to diversify and hedge this economy in those, mm -hmm. those industries. Um, so your advice to anybody that's in the workforce development industry or business would be to focus on? Well, we, we've got to look at where we're going. You okay. know, um, I saw statistics that we expect 750,000 people to move here. Now, I am a proud Clevelander. You know, I love Ohio and Cleveland, but there are not 750,000 people moving <laughs> to Cleveland. Um, and so we've got to be ready for that because we're not going to like stop them at the border. Right. You know, baby boomers are going to retire here. Uh, we're going to have immigrants follow their family to build a future here. Um, you know, we're, people from the from the north are going to want to be in the Sun Belt. And so we've we've really got to look at our future demographics and prepare for it. Well, thank you so much. This no, has been a really great. fun interview. I always enjoy my conversations with you. You're a great blend. He's a great blend of common sense and philosophy and academia and history. Oh, so well, I always well, learn. I enjoy working with you. With and you. and uh, I think you're going to be the transformative leader here in Southern Nevada. Okay, let's do it together. Along with Workforce Connections and Jaime Along with Workforce Connections and Jaime We'll take him with us yes, too. absolutely. Because he's just so fun. <laughs> yes, he is. All right. So. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for spending time with us on our Workforce Connections podcast. Yeah.